0: Hi everyone, I have a question for you. Would you like to own your very own home movie theater? Well, that takes one of the most important ingredients movies. OldTimeRadio DVD.com has the largest collection to be found anywhere. Over 4,400 movies on a 2 terabyte external hard drive from the 1930s all the way through to the 2000s. Also we have a total of 8 terabytes of classic TV. Don't waste your time piecemealing one DVD at a time from some Walmart bin. OldTimeRadioDVD.com has All the movies, TV, cartoons, serials, and everyone's favorite old-time radio. Buy now at the lowest prices. Go to oldtimeradiodvd.com and unplug from Netflix and Blockbuster and cable. Enjoy entertainment freedom at oldtimeradiodvd.com. You will really, really be glad you did.
1: New York City, the makers of Clippercraft craft clothes for men, and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast, present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. <laughs> this week's story. The Adventure
2: of the Unfortunate Valet. Quick, Watson, the test tube.
3: Here you are, Holmes.
2: Now, we pour this solution in the contents of this beaker and... Aha! Uh-huh. You see the cloudy white precipitate? I do indeed. What does it mean, Holmes? Death, Watson. The slow, creeping and malicious Death. <laughs>
1: the door of Dr. John Watson's study, and we're about to hear another of his adventures with the fabulous Sherlock Holmes.
3: Well, good evening, Mr. Harris. (laughs)
1: Good evening, Dr. Watson. I see you're just adding your signature to a new memoir.
3: Yes, Mr. Harris. This particular adventure took my friend Holmes and me out of London for a few days to the historic English Shrine of Learning, Cambridge University. Mm, Sounds interesting, Dr. Watson. What's this adventure called? I call it The Adventure of the Unfortunate Valet, Mr. Harris. Soon as you've regaled our audience on the merits of clippercraft clothes, I shall be very happy to recount it to you.
1: Spring, as they say, is just round the corner, that means you're going to want to celebrate with a new spring suit. It's like a tonic for that worn-out winter feeling. And you can get it without spending a fortune in a clippercraft suit. Because the new clippercraft suits for spring are styled to make you look your best. Broad-shouldered, trim-waisted, the athletic look. And the price for all this super tailoring and workmanship? Is as welcome as spring itself. You pay only forty five dollars for a pure worsted clippercraft suit. And if you shop around and compare values, you'll find your clippercraft suit has all the workmanship, the new pattern effects, and the quality materials of suits costing many dollars more. And while you're choosing your clippercraft suit, take a look at clippercraft top coats in all wool, gabardine, or covert, only forty to forty seven fifty. Yes, clipper craft clothes make you feel like a million, look like a million, and still leave you money to spare.
3: And now, Doctor Watson, what about the adventure of the unfortunate valet? As I said, Mister Harris, it began at Cambridge, seat of one of Britain's greatest universities, a quiet place of mellow buildings and green lawns. And specifically, it began in the area of Keyes College, the medical college of the university. Holmes and I became involved because of my old friendship with Ashley Webb, professor of anatomy at that college. But actually, the story began at the home of Dr. Charles Stanhope, of the medical faculty, who at the moment was engaged in a violent quarrel with his wife. I tell you, Alicia, you've got to stop seeing so much of Professor Webb. The whole university
4: is beginning to talk about it, and the faculty, too.
5: Oh, they are, are they? Well, let me tell you something, my dear Charles. There is nothing between Ashley and myself. Oh,
4: so it's Ashley now, is it? <sighs> and is it for the last time I forbid you to see Professor Webb? Oh,
5: you do, do you? And well, I shall see him all I please. He's a fine man, and I'll not let you dictate to me. I'll leave you first.
4: You don't mean that, my dear. Oh,
5: yes, I do. That frightened you, doesn't it, Charles? You're very clever, dear boy. You married money. But if I leave you, who'll pay your gambling debts in London? Alicia! They'll sack you from the faculty when they find out about your debts, won't they, Charles? You'll be ruined, disgraced. And if I leave you, I'll change my will, naturally. You won't get a shilling. Well, Charles, now are you going to be nice to oh, me?
4: Why, I... Very well, Alicia.
5: Thank you, darling. And since I'm going to have a few things to say around here from now on, There's one wish I want you to attend to immediately. Yes? I want you to discharge that new valet of yours, Briggs.
4: Discharge Briggs?
5: But why? I simply cannot stand the sight of the fellow. He acts so furtive and he looks pale and ill. Get rid of him at once, Charles. The
6: bath is ready, Dr. Stanhope.
4: Oh, Briggs, never mind the bath. I want to talk to you. Yes, sir. My wife thinks you look pale, ill. You're feeling well enough? Why, I, I think so, sir. Do you ever have pains in your chest? Well, sometimes, sir. Ah. From observing your eyes and the pallor of your skin, it could be symptoms of, of, of what, Dr. Stanhope? Oh, it's probably nothing, Briggs, nothing at all. Still, we can't be too careful, can we? Suppose we step in my laboratory while I give you a complete physical examination. All right, Briggs. You may put on your shirt now. Uh,
6: Dr. Stanhope, what is it, sir?
4: I'm sorry, Briggs. Terribly sorry. But you've got only a few months to live. A few months? A year at the most. Dr. Stanhope, you You sure? Positive. My examination has been conclusive. It's your heart, Briggs. There's a severe weakness in the heart wall. An aneurysm,
6: we call it. A few months to live. I'm sorry. A few months walking a tightrope. Never know what moment will be the last. Waiting to die in your sleep, maybe. Wondering whether you will drop dead in the street... Well, Doctor, stand I can't stand it. I can't stand it. What'll I do? What'll I do?
4: Well, for one thing, Briggs, I promise you there won't be any pain. I'll give you a special medicine for that. As for the few months of life you have, I would suggest that you live. Live? How? To the full, Briggs. Have the things you could never afford before. Wine, women, and song. Wear the best clothes. Go to the theaters, the music halls. Live a lifetime... In a few months.
5: Who's there? Who's in my room? No. No!
3: holding you here at the police station, the charge of murdering Alicia Stanhope. Eh, Webb? Yes,
2: John. And believe me, I'm grateful that you should remember our old professional friendship and brought Mr. Holmes here to Cambridge. Professor Webb, I must say that on the evidence it would appear that you are guilty and that we are wasting our time. Holmes! However, let us review the facts. Alicia Stanhope was found murdered in your home last night while her husband, Dr. Stanhope, was presumably travelling on the continent. Yes. Yes, that is true, Mr. Holmes. I... I had gone out for a long walk, and when I came home, she... she was there. The police believe... well, they believe I stabbed her in a... in an amorous quarrel. But they lie, I tell you, they lie! I must confine myself to a healthy scepticism, my dear Professor. At least until I'm able to interrogate Dr. Stanhope, who I understand is hastening back to England from the continent. Come, Watson. Miss Holmes? Where? To the home of Professor Webb here. The official police have not yet removed the body, and I should like to form my own conclusions. Observe, Watson. Alicia Stanhope was stabbed three times in the region of the heart. Doesn't that convey anything to you? Well, I cannot say it uh, does. Oh, come, come, man, you're being obtuse. It's like a signpost on an open road. Holmes, you mean you know who the murderer is? Not exactly, Watson, but I know who he is not. Eh? But... Observe again, my dear fellow. Although Alicia Stanhope was presumably stabbed on this couch, there's no sign of blood on the covering. Jove, Holmes, you're right. Quite the most peculiar phenomenon, Watson. Now, suppose we explore the garden adjacent to this room. Look, Watson. There are footprints here in the soil of the garden. Note how they go down into that steep gully and disappear in the underbrush.
3: Yes, Holmes. There seem to be two sets of footprints, one going toward the window, one moving away. Quite. And they prove, Watson, that the
2: killer carried the dead woman into Professor Webb's house and left her there. How do you know that? Oh, elementary, my dear fellow. The tracks leading to the window are of a deeper imprint. Hence, the killer was carrying a heavy burden. On the return journey, as you see, the footprints are lighter. Therefore, he had been relieved of his
3: burden. Jove, Holmes, you're right. Yes.
2: Hmm. Oh, what is it, Holmes? This gully proceeds in the rear of several houses along the street here. And I shouldn't be surprised if one of them belongs to Dr. Charles Stanhope.
3: Holmes, I hope you realize we're breaking and entering Dr. Stanhope's premises.
2: I cannot be concerned with legal quibbling now, Watson. It's obvious now that Alicia Stanhope must have been murdered here... Carried out to the garden, down along the gully, and from there into Professor Webb's house. Uh,
3: rather restless corpse, I must say. Oh, there seems to be a small servant room here.
2: Yes. It's been vacated very recently. I... Uh-huh. What is it, Holmes? Milk, Watson. The spoon on the shelf. It's covered with a light film of what seems to be some medical preparation... And it proves beyond all doubt that someone was here last night. How'd you know that? Because the film on the spoon is still fresh and damp. It hasn't had a chance to evaporate. Oh, I...
3: Someone's just come in.
2: What's the meaning of this? Who are you? We might address the same question
4: to you, sir. Oh, you might, eh? But it just happens I am Dr. Charles Stanhope. And this is my house.
1: Doctor Watson, this is certainly an exciting adventure. And what happened after that?
3: I shall be delighted to reveal the rest of the story to you, Mr. Harris, as soon as you've told our audience some pertinent facts regarding Clippercraft clothes.
1: You know, men, good style doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. You can be the best dressed man in any crowd and stay within your budget when you buy Clippercraft clothes. A new spring Clippercraft worsted suit at forty-five dollars, or a Clippercraft top coat from forty dollars to forty-seven fifty has the styling and the quality that you usually expect only in clothes that cost many dollars more. Now that's because more than 1,200 friendly independent merchants from coast to coast pool their tremendous buying power to make Clipper Craft's amazing values possible. In Clipper Craft Clothes, you get all the quality workmanship traditional of New England. New England, the home of the famous Clipper Ships, from which Clipper Craft Clothes take the name. And Clipper Craft Clothes are sold by established businessmen whose business it is to give you honest value. That's why men who know insist on Clipper Craft clothes bearing the Clipper Craft label. So be sure to visit the Clipper Craft store in your city.
2: These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clipper Craft in your suits and topcoats. In Manhattan, Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street, in Brooklyn, Abraham and Strauss. In New York, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge, Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue.
1: Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, you were relating to us the adventure of the unfortunate valet. So I was,
3: Mr. Harris, so I was. Dr. Stanhope had come into his house with his baggage, and he was stained with the dust of travel. But when we introduced ourselves, he immediately abandoned his idea of turning us over to the local police and became more tractable. He explained that he'd only just that moment returned from his trip to the continent, that he had not yet seen the body of his wife, but he was quite sure as to her murder.
4: It was Professor Webb, Mr. Holmes. Ashley Webb.
2: He killed her. It couldn't have been anyone else. He was mad about her, wanted her to leave me, and, and he killed her when she refused. Then, Dr. Stanhope, how does it happen that your wife, Alicia, was found at Professor Webb's house? I I don't know, Mr. Holmes. I'm sure that he
4: had some power over her, blackmail possibly. Perhaps Alicia had to go to his house. Perhaps she had no choice. I, I don't know. Well, I'm afraid, Dr.
3: Stanhope... This affair will provide a holiday for the gossip mongers. Uh, Dr. Stanhope, a question. Yes? Were there any servants on the premises
4: while you were abroad? Well, no. I did have a valet named Briggs, but he left my service a week ago. May we ask why? Well, uh, he was in ill health, Dr. Watson. A very bad heart condition, a severe aneurysm, in fact. The poor fellow had only a few months to live. I see. And where might we find this fellow, Briggs? Well, I believe you can find him at the Carlton Hotel in London. <laughs>
3: Holmes, I confess I'm puzzled. Indeed? Why, Watson? Well, we telegraphed the customs at Dover, found that Dr. Stanhope did not pass through into the spot. Yes? Therefore, he he couldn't have murdered his wife last night back in Cambridge. It's... Well, I hate to say it, Holmes. But you think
2: Professor Webb might be guilty after all?
3: Oh,
2: yes. Rubbish. Eh? A single glance at the corpse was sufficient to exonerate Professor Webb. Yes, but how Remember... The killer plunged the blade into the victim's body three times in the area of the heart. But Watson, consider that Webb is a professor of anatomy. If he were the assassin, he'd obviously know how to find the heart with one swift blow. Jove, Holmes, you're right. Quite. But how can a valet live in splendor at a first-class hotel like the Carlton? And secondly, how could a man with a severe heart aneurysm carry a heavy body along a strenuous path... Up and down a steep gully.
6: Yes, Selma, more champagne oh, here. You, Nothing like the old bubbly, is there?
5: Lord.
6: Ah, the old bubbly makes a man forget that's <laughs> what it does. Drink up, Selma, drink up.
5: Oh, Briggsy, you're a real sporting gentleman.
6: Think so? I
5: should say, a real top. The suite at the carton and dinner and squab at the cafe and all the champagne there. Yeah, and
6: plenty more bubbly where that come from. All the champagne you can drink, dearie... You and me are going to do a lot of living, now, we are. You'll right. have pretty frocks and we'll go to the races and the music halls and live like royalty.
5: You on, drink up
6: for the bubbly.
5: Briggsie, someone's coming over
6: to our table. Uh, oh, who?
5: Oh, I don't know, a couple of men.
6: I beg your
2: pardon. Your name is Briggs? That's right. And who may you be? This
3: is Dr. Watson. And my name is Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes? What do you want? Briggs, we understand that you were valid to Dr. Charles Stenford. As you no doubt know, his wife has been murdered. We should like to ask you a few questions. (laughs) Ah, would you? Would you indeed?
6: Well, I don't know nothing, see. I gave up my post with the Stanups a week ago. And as for a nib's good riddance, I says... Now, look here, Briggs. uh,
2: Watson. Uh,
3: Yes, Yes, Holmes?
2: Suppose we question this fellow another time. He seems to be in no condition to make sober answers at the moment.
5: Well,
3: Holmes, we didn't seem to find out much from this Briggs fellow. Oh, on the contrary, Watson, we did.
2: What do you mean? Our friend Briggs, my dear fellow, happens to be an ex-convict. Eh? How'd you know that? Oh, it's elementary, Watson. The pallor of his face was characteristic of long confinement. And his hands proved the point even more. His hands? Yes, the kind of scarred hands any convict might acquire in the jute workshop of a prison. And uh, speaking of prisons, Watson... Yes? Our next step is to find which institution harbored Briggs as its guest. And after that, it would be most interesting to examine the fellow's medical record. Watson, look here. An interesting medical report, very. What do you mean? According to the physician's report here at Newgate Prison, there's nothing wrong with Briggs's heart. Note, the report is marked excellent, and this is as recent as six months ago when Briggs was released. Yes, but that doesn't make sense. Or on the contrary, Watson, it does. You have the spoon we found in the servants' quarters at the Stanhope House, the spoon with a film of medicine on it? Yes, I wrapped it in a piece of paper, Good. put it in my pocket. But what now, Holmes? Back to Baker Street, back to Baker Street to conduct a chemical experiment. <laughs> Quick, Watson, the test tube. Uh, Here you are, Holmes. Now, we pour this solution in the contents of this beaker and... Uh Uh-huh. You see this cloudy white precipitate? Yes, I do indeed. What does it mean, Holmes? Death, Watson. A slow, creeping, and malicious death. Quick, my dear fellow, get your hat. We must get to the Carlton Hotel at once. The Carlton? Precisely, to have another talk with a valet called Briggs. Well, Briggs, there's the evidence as I've related it to you. You murdered Alicia Stanhope at the instigation of her
6: husband, Charles. You still deny it, Briggs? <laughs> deny it? No. Why should I? You got me dead to rights. And what do I care? I'm going to die anyway soon. I've got a bad heart, I have. And
3: I'll cheat the hangman's noose before it's time. Uh, Briggs, I'm afraid you've been played for a fool. Yes, your heart's in excellent condition strong as an ox. That's
2: a lie. Not according to an examination given you by the Newgate prison physician not six months ago. But, but Dr. Stanhope, it's his diagnosis. He, he duped you and deceived you, Briggs. He lied to you about your heart, bribed you with money, and used you as a tool. You thought that with a severe heart condition you had nothing to lose. But you were wrong. Stanhope So? A lie to me. A lie. You carried Alicia Stanhope's body from your house to Professor Webb's up and down a steep gully a fatal effort for a man with your alleged condition. That led me to question the diagnosis from the start. And I could have lived. A free man. Without murder on me hands. And Stanhope. He even gave me medicine for my me art. Exactly, but that medicine happened to be a slow and insidious poison, Briggs. Stanhope wanted to get rid of you after you'd done your work. And you would have died soon, just as he promised.
6: I see. I see. Holmes, look out! He's got a Don't move either of you! Don't try anything. You're not going to take me in, not yet. Not until I keep an appointment with a certain gentleman. He's just come to London from Cambridge, and I know he'll be glad to see me.
4: Oh, Briggs,
6: I... I've got to... Hello, Stanhope. What the devil? You're you're carrying a revolver. You've got a bad heart, Briggs. Remember what you told me, Doctor? With a straight face, too, remember? I'm sorry, Briggs. It's bad news. You've got but a few months to live.
3: Now, now, Briggs, You
6: lied to me. You cheated me. Made me kill for your dirty money. The thousand pounds you'd give me. And then, then you tried to poison me with your medicine. Didn't you, Doctor? Now, wait a minute. Get away from that desk. Don't reach for that gun. (laughs) <laughs> Not me. But I still got time to send you to-, ah. to Make sure of it. <laughs> uh, remember, doctor, you told me I didn't have long to live. And you're right. You're right. But this time, it's better this way than dangling on the end of a rope. That's
2: why I saw him coming here, Watson. But those shots were... Uh,
3: Holmes. Good... Good Lord. They're... They're both dead.
2: Yes, Watson. we are too late. But note how justice has been done. They both have a bullet through the heart.
1: Dr. Watson, that was certainly an unusual adventure.
3: Thank you, Mr. Harris. Oh, I almost forgot one thing. Uh, Yes, Dr. Watson? A subsequent investigation of Dr. Stanhope's background revealed that he was not entitled to practice medicine at all. He had cleverly kept this secret for many years. I see. But now, what about next week's case, Dr. Watson? Well, next week, I shall relate to you the adventure of the elusive agent. It concerns an interrupted honeymoon. The odor of a rare tobacco. And a strange new British invention which made a dramatic appearance during World War One.
1: The makers of Clippercraft clothes and more than twelve hundred stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Lochran. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Spelman. This week's story was written by Max Ehrlich, with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. The Red Cross is always ready, always there. You, too, can act and help through the Red Cross 1949 Fund. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Adventure of the Elusive Agent. This is Cy Harris speaking
0: for Clipper Craft Clothes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.